to the Living Word, the radio broadcast ministry of Living Word Church. Um, I'm the minister of Living Word Church, as you have heard. I'm Sarah Jalo Emanuel. You know, the world is an uncertain place. It's uh, full of all kinds of uncertainties, fears, sorrow, um, all kinds of moods. Depending on the uh, surrounding circumstance in our lives, we go through all kinds of moods. We have all kinds of days. It saddens me when I hear a person say they've had a really bad day or they're having a really bad day. Because my opinion of days is that every day is the day the Lord has made. And so I rejoice and I'm glad and glorify God with each day. Now, this is not to say that I don't have moments of um, downness or moments of um, sadness or moments of some fear or something or some anxiety or worry or the other. However, it's a question of knowing how to capture those moments, how to take control of your day. And it's not so much you taking control, but it is really the weapon of our warfare, as even as Paul the Apostle said, that the weapons of our warfare are not of this world. You know, they're made perfect. They're heavenly, heavenly gifts that bring captive every thought and submit it to the, to, to the Lordship of Christ Jesus. So when I have the, uh, the situations when things are not going the way I want or I'm being saddened or I have certain fear or I'm anxious about anything, I subject those thoughts and bring them captive to the Lordship of Christ Jesus. And that's where my comfort comes from. And so it's not so much a question that we don't feel things. One does feel things. But what do you do with the feelings? Unfortunately, a lot of people let those feelings overcome them. And so they're down and they're depressed. And it's so bad in situations that sometimes people need antidepressants and things like that. And they need all kinds of um, uh, psychological or psychiatric even counseling, depending on how severe the situation is. But um, I, can, I can understand if the people of the world uh, go through such motions and such uh, situations and circumstances, it is, uh, that will not surprise me because naturally any person who chooses to be detached from his creator and seeks to find life and establish life of their own and by themselves will surely fail. And so because we have limitations, we are mere mortals, we have limitations, there's a limit to how much we can do. I don't know what's going to happen in the next hour. But God knows what's going to happen all the days of my life. So if I decide to take full control and take charge of my life myself and do things the way I choose to and be totally detached from God, either because I do not believe he's God or I don't believe he exists or, or I choose to go for the um, evolution theory that says I'm a descendant of monkeys, in which case my existence has absolutely no meaning whatsoever. I'm just another animal, like a cow, like a dog. You know, I've just uh, evolved into this human being and life has no meaning. There's no reason for me to be here because I've just come out of nothing. I've just existed out of some bank at some stage. Well, then I'm not surprised if anyone who believes in that feels totally worthless and feels life is pointless and even then, even all the go all the way to commit suicide because evolution offers absolutely no reason to exist. Absolutely none. And it gives no comfort for the feelings and the emotions we go through. It can't explain that. And so people, when they're saddened or something nasty happens to them, it could be a bereavement or something or some circumstance in their life just changes drastically. A person who drops from riches to poverty, you know, through one bad investment or something. You know, when they think if all they have to fall back on for the existence is the evolution theory, 
then really life is pointless. So it's not surprising that they will pull a revolver to their own skulls and blow it, to, blow it apart. Because really, evolution offers no hope. It offers, it offers no comfort. It's got nothing to offer. Absolutely nothing to offer. It just tells you you're nothing but uh, an advanced monkey. <laughs> but we thank God. We thank God for the power of his word. We thank God for the truth of his word. For those of us who are wise... Not in our own eyes, but those of us who are wise in the eyes of the Lord, who are wise in uh, having sought the wisdom of God and live by it. We find every comfort. So even when things change drastically, a situation changes drastically in my life now, and I mean really drastically, I can still look up into the word of God and find comfort and hope. And I can still put a smile on my face even though I'm sad. You know, I can still sleep in peace, even though there are situations around me that I need an answer for, and I don't have the answer. Why? Because I can trust in God that he has the answer, because he always has the answer. You see the difference between being in Christ and not being in Christ. It's a major, major difference that can dictate the course of our lives. And so today I'm talking about the all-sufficient word. Oh yes, because I find the word of God all sufficient. It covers every area and every aspect of life that you can that you can imagine. And in all of this, it brings joy and peace and hope in every area. I find the word of God sufficient for me in every in every and any circumstance. If I'm sad, I find comfort in the word of God. If I'm joy filled, I find encouragement in the word of God. When I'm weak, I find strength in the word of God. When I feel like I've got strength, again, I find direction in the word of God. When I'm poor, I find wealth in the word of God. And when I feel rich, I find joy and comfort in the word of God. And even warnings, because um, there are warnings there for those who are materially rich. So you see, if one day I become a millionaire and um, I start getting away, uh, carried away with it, I've got warnings in the word of God. You know, there, if we suffer a bereavement, there is comfort in the word of God. And if God blesses you and you increase physically, there, there, there is joy, there is counsel, there is guidance in the word of God. I do not find an area of life where the word of God does not speak, and loudly as well. So it really breaks my heart when I see Christians who are walking around with heads down, walling in confusion, looking for answers, and they're looking for answers, and so we have Christians who even consult mediums and consult spiritists and things like that, and so much so that some false prophets, well, a lot of false prophets have capitalized on that, and so they hold all these seance of more or less ridiculous sessions where they claim to be consulting God for, for, on your behalf, and um, even say they're doing it by, by the spirit, but they don't say by which spirit. That's where people get lost. And say, yes, oh yeah, that person is very, very heavily in the spirit. Oh, I'm asking the spirit who's telling me, which spirit is speaking to you? You should always find out. There is only one Holy Spirit. But believe me, there are legions of demonic spirits. And so a lot of people operate under all kinds of spirits, but there is only one Holy Spirit. Now, the good thing about the Holy Spirit is very easy to recognize. It's very easy to know. He doesn't hide himself from us because he will always bring us back under the counsel of the word of God. He will never do anything outside or give any counsel outside of the word of God. So when a person says to you, a prophet tells you, oh, you know what? 
don't go out for the next three days because uh, the days are dark and witches are on the rampage and they're about to... Billy, I know what I'm talking about. I've seen it. I've heard it. I've experienced these things happen. So I know what I'm saying here. And they say to you, oh, you need to come in for four days deliver or three days deliverance because some people are after your life and all. And so don't go out on these days and we'll do this for you. And you get some oil and you get some, get a coconut or get some eggs. You're going to smash up on a junction. There's counsel. That sort of counsel is nothing but purely demonic. It is not of the Lord because we have no precedence of it in the word of God. The Bible teaches, the word of God actually teaches us that we have nothing to fear. The Bible says, do not fear those who, even when they take, Jesus himself said it, don't fear those who can take the life, and after they take the life, they can do nothing else. They just snuff out the body, that's all they can do. He said, I tell you the one who you are to fear, fear the one who, having taken your life, physical life, can also destroy the soul in hell, and that is almighty God. And every day tells me, I mean, the Bible tells me that a day, every day, as far as I'm concerned, I started with that. Every day is the day the Lord has made in which I will rejoice and be glad. The Bible teaches me that the perfect love dri- uh, drives out fear. There's nothing to be fear. God has not given us a spirit of timidity. So where are all those things of me running around hiding from witches and wizards and demonic spirits, where do we find precedent of that in the Bible? Because we know when we read the scripture that every time demonic spirits sort of uh, turned up, and they always turn up in a person, they don't just walk around on their own, (laughs) it's just the control they have over a person's mind to make the person do things they ought not to do. But every time they saw a spirit-filled person, every time they saw Jesus Christ, a Holy Spirit-filled person, that is, let me clarify that, every time they saw our Lord Jesus Christ, whenever they saw the disciples, they bowed down, they fled. The disciples didn't shy away from people possessed with, you know, by demonic spirits, neither did, neither did our Lord. So where, where are we getting these ideas from, all sort of ridiculous things that are coming out by way of counseling and, and, and prophecies and things? Now, let me say one thing. God has provided his word for us. And you know the the New Testament preachers, or the apostles, shall we say, all the apostles, they did not even have the New Testament. The New Testament is their testimony of the word of God, of the existence of God, of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we have it all. Today we have it all made. We've got it all laid down. We've got, it's like life has been given to us on a silver platter. Because they only had the Torah to go by, which is the Old Testament. That's all they had to go by. Now, Jesus came and made all things new. Not nullifying the word of the, uh, the, the scripture of the Old Testament. No, but actually bringing it to pass. Because all of the Old Testament leads us to the coming of Christ. So Christ came. And so... Jesus, in the, in, in the flesh, the, the incarnate Lord, was the full embodiment of the word of God, of scripture. And so everything that we now read about, all the guidance we have in the New Testament, all the counsel we have, all the exhortations, were written by guys who took the bull by, the, by, by its horns. They were the first proclaim, uh, pro- proclaimers of Christianity. They were the first to be called Christians. They brought it. It was not easy. It was a lot of work. But you know how they survived? And do you know where the victory lies? Oh, lied then and where the victory for us still lies today? In the word of God. 
The word of God is all important. Let's look into Psalm 19 and see what David says there. Now, David was the second king of Israel, and he was one who was really, really very deeply loved by God. Now, God loves all of his creation. But, of course, the, uh, this, the love of God should draw us to intimacy with him. David was very intimate with God. He knew God. You want to know God? You can get to know God. Instead of seeking, trying to look for somebody who knows God, who can speak to God and pray for you and speak to God on your behalf, you can get to know God. That's what Jesus brought to us. That is what Jesus has enabled us to do. That's why he came. So that each of us have access to God and each of us can be in a father-child relationship with him. A very intimate one. It can be as intimate as you want and as close as you want. And how do you go about this? By learning the word of God and obeying it. That is how you get to know God. You cannot get to know God merely by what I tell you alone. That is not enough. It is not sufficient. You need to get to know him yourself. You need to devote yourself into learning his will. And living by his will, according to his will. Now in Psalm 19, we take it from verse 7 to 11. It says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, giving joy to the heart. The commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. The fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. They are more precious than gold. They are much pure gold. They are sweeter than honey, than honey from the comb. By them is your servant warned. In keeping them there is great reward. Absolutely. It's fantastic. I mean, each time I read that, something happens within me. Every time I read this psalm on my own, because I found this testimony of David so true. He says, the law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. There, the word, the law that he uses there, he's saying the teachings of the Lord, the guidance of the Lord, the teachings of God, the instructions of God, they are perfect, reviving the soul. And it is true, because when you come to know the word of God and you live by the word of God, you find that that is the perfect manual for life. People want to live by their own design and by their own ideas. They always come to a disastrous end. But the word of God, the creator, the maker of heaven and earth, the maker of our creator, your creator, who put all things in place perfectly, he alone can tell us how to live and it will be true and it will be good. He alone can do it. As I said, let's go back to the thought of the scientists. So they tell us about evolution theory and all that and how there is no God and everything just happened out of some big bang witnessed by nobody can be counted for by nobody in particular because it just happened. The dating back to God knows how many millions and millions of years. Okay, fair enough. But then, what does it then tell you? What do they then tell you about how to live? What then, what, what then do they offer us? What then do they offer us? Nothing further than that. But the maker of all things, the creator of all things, of the entire universe, of the heavens and of the earth, the one who gives us our souls, the one who, can, who gives us life and who takes the life back when he is ready. He has put in place for us how we are to live. So indeed, yes, the law of the Lord is perfect because those who live by his laws in the past, in the past found them to be perfect. And those were those who served God selflessly in very deep and sincere love all the days of their lives. And it is their work that you and I read today. David was one of such people. 
And we read his testimony today, and it's a guidance. David wrote lots and lots and lots of love letters to God, which we call Psalms. All the Psalms, he wrote lots of them because he just loved God so much. Because he found God to be true. And which is what the next verse says. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The statutes of the Lord here is talking about the testimony of the Lord. It says they are trustworthy, makes wise the simple. And that is so true. The testimony of the Lord. The Son testifies to the existence of God. The rivers testify to the existence of God. Everything, all of creation testifies to the glory of God. And so he makes wise the simple. I have answers to questions that puzzle the godless man. Exactly what we're saying. It makes wise the simple. We were all simple until we came to know the Lord. We all are until we come to know the Lord. The, the word simple here means one who is just there, who is not, 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 not the brightest of peoples. And unfortunately, as intelligent as the scientists who, who come up with the, the evolution theory or support the evolution theory, as intelligent as they may seem, <laughs> I see them as simple people. Simple, because you know what? They're not wise. They go, what they think is intelligence. But do you know what the Bible says about man's intelligence? It says it is foolishness in the sight of God. And so it is foolish when a person tells you, oh, don't worry about it, you just, you just happened. You, you, you just a hap- uh, happening. You've come from monkeys. Why have, we, why have we not evolved into something else since then? Why is it in this age? Well, as long as man can remember, as long as man has been in existence that we can actually date or record, monkeys have remained monkeys. We haven't had any further increase of mankind through the evolution of monkeys. But mankind have continued to reproduce their kind, and monkeys have re- continued to reproduce their kind. And they the try to rationalize this as well. You're better off. You're better off living by the testimony of God, because they are perfect, and they make wise the simple. The Bible, the Word of God, explains the very existence of, la- of life, every form of life. And the workings of the seasons of nature in every way. The rain, the sun, the rainbow, the moon, the stars. Name it. The streams, the rivers, the fish. Everything has an explanation in the Bible. And so it enlightens. It does enlighten the heart. It makes us wise. Absolutely makes us wise. We have answers to questions that we cannot ordinarily answer. And then it says, the precepts of the Lord are right. Giving joy to the heart. And these are the commands of God. The laws of God. When it says don't do this and you don't do it, you find it's joy. You've got peace. When you don't work against the commands of God, you find peace. When you are able to obey the word of God, you find peace. And when you are at peace, there is joy in your heart. Because you have peace with God. Peace with yourself. And peace with the world. Now the world may not be at peace with you. Now that's a different story. But then that's their problem. That does not deprive you of the joy you have in your heart. So it is so true. David knew what he was talking about when he wrote this. It says, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. Absolutely. The, commands, the commandments of God, they are wonderful. They are. They're just wonderful. They're radiant. They give light to the eyes. Because all the things, you know, you know what, the, what the Bible teaches, that where there is no sin, there is no, uh, where there is no law, there is no sin. Well, Mankind wallowed in all kinds of wickedness and all kinds of evil activities before God gave his law for a set of laws, the Ten Commandments. And before God did this, people did as they saw fit. (laughs) They did what they liked. However, the law now came. God gave his law. God gave his commandments. And we could see that things were wrong. 
we could tell between right and wrong. And today we can still tell between good and evil because of the word of God. Because the word of God points us in the direction of evil and good, of light and darkness, of truth and lies. So indeed, it says, the commands of the Lord are radiant, giving light to the eyes. We have knowledge. We have deeper understanding of things when we look at the commandments of God. Because when God says to us, love your neighbor as yourself, when you look intently into that law and you're able to obey it, you find that it is not a good enough thing to kill your neighbor. You find it is not a good enough thing to be envious and jealous of your neighbor, to despise your neighbor, to ill-treat your neighbor, to, to be wicked towards your neighbor. And when you don't leave, because let me tell you one thing, people who do evil are never at peace and they never have joy. They don't. They can't because they're there. All the demonic spirits that led them to do evil are there always tormenting them. And so it is a fact that the commands of the law, the commandments of the Lord are radiant. They give light to the eyes. You're able to see. You're able to see right from wrong. It makes all the difference. And then it says the fear of the Lord is pure, enduring forever. Now the fear of the Lord is nothing to do with terror of the Lord, but love of God. The honoring of God, it says it's pure. It's just pure and it endures forever. One who honors God with their life never turns back. The people who fall back from walking with Christ are people who never knew Christ in the first place. Nobody, nobody who really knew the Lord ever turned back. And I still maintain that today. There is no way you can come to know Jesus Christ. I'm not saying knowing about Jesus Christ whereby you come to him because you heard he's a great miracle maker or he can give you the financial breakthrough, all sorts of empty, futile promises that people are promising today in the name of um, just to entice people in the church. We don't need to entice anyone into the church. If people do not come into the church for the sole purpose of seeking salvation and forgiveness, there is no point in them being there because they will never get to know Christ. You see, it's not just there for us to use a God-will-fix-it kind of situation. You need to want to know God. You need to want to know what God wants you to be doing with your life. That is when you get to know the Lord. Because when you come with that sort of intention into the church fellowship, you, you go near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools, as Solomon said in Ecclesiastes chapter 5. He says, when you go near to the house of God, draw near to listen rather than to offer the sacrifice of fools who do not know that they do wrong. But you just go there for the flow because they've told it's a miracle, something anointing service. And so you're there because you need a miracle. And so you go there and they tell you to dance like mad and play fantastic music. And our music has the power to, to elevate anyone to any kind of heights. Oh, yes, depending on the, the power of the music, you'd be amazed. And so you think you're experiencing some kind of spiritual phenomenon just because they're playing, they're playing this such loud music with wonderful instruments and everything. And, it's also, and so your spirit feels elated and you think, oh, yes, God has just touched me. Who told you so? And so <laughs> before you know what's going, while you're sitting on this high, high of yours, you've parted with all your money. You've re- even written out IOUs. You've paid all kinds of monies by credit cards and things because, you know, you're expecting something back in return, you know, like a uh, hundred fold or a thousand fold of what he just gave one week later the reality dawns on you because the miracle is still not coming but they tell you they keep you interested don't worry about it the lord said you know the miracle is imminent it's going to happen any minute now so just keep going and keep keep, keep sowing keep sowing the more you sow the more you're going to get back don't waste your time but when you go because you know the gospel says that you need to repent of your sins because the kingdom of heaven is near 
and that you need the salvation of Christ for you, that is offered by Christ. You need forgiveness in the blood of Christ. You need the salvation that Jesus offers. When you go there for that reason, all you want to do is learn. What is God saying to me? What does God want me to do? I've been forgiven. Now, how do I keep myself on the straight, uh, straight and narrow path? You, you look intentionally into the word of God. You learn the word of God. And then you are eager to obey the word of God because you're so grateful that everything you may ever have done have been forgiven. You're so grateful. And that's when you start seeking God through his word. And you don't just read the word. You obey what the word says. That is how you get to know God. That's how you get intimate with God. And it says when you are like that, you have the fear of the Lord. And it is pure because it comes out of a pure and sincere heart. And it endures forever. The Bible says your righteousness will endure forever. When you're, you know, when you're blameless, when you love the Lord. So it says the ordinances of the Lord are sure and altogether righteous. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's the judgment of God. He's the God of justice. And it's just as pure. Because his word is truth. So when God judges, he judges perfectly. And they're righteous. Oh yes, because God is righteous. He is holy. He never makes mistakes. That's the one thing God cannot do. Is make a mistake. So you see, the psalmist, David, knew exactly what he was talking about. He lived here with, you know, in the world, in obedience to God, honoring the word of God. And he was able to write all of this about the word of God. And it says, you know what? They are much more precious. They're more precious than gold. They're sweeter than honey from the comb. And it says, by them is God's servant warned. In keeping them, there is great reward. Absolutely. Everybody wants to be blessed by God. Everybody is seeking blessing from God. Everybody wants to be prosperous and everything. The matter is simple. Honor God. Honor God's word. David said it, said in keeping the word of God, there is great reward. Again, we have in Psalm 1, another author writes this. Blessed is the man who does not walk in the counsel of the wicked, or stand in the way of sinners, or sit in the seat of mockers. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and on his law he meditates day and night. He is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. You see? You want to, be all, you, you, you want to live an all-sufficient life, a God-sufficient life. Lean on the all-sufficient word of God. And you will find. He says, everything you do shall prosper. Why? Because you live by the word of God. You meditate on it day and night. You live for the word of God, by the word of God. That is the lamp onto your feet. You let the word of God illuminate your life. Your decisions, your thoughts, all guided by the word of God. You cannot fail to prosper. That's exactly what the Bible says. Look at it again, what God says to Joshua. When Joshua took over leadership of the Israelites in taking them to the promised land after Moses' uh, death, God commanded Joshua in Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. He says, Do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. See, God told him, you must be careful to do everything. Meditate on the word day and night so that you will know to do everything written in it. Do not just think, I've obeyed nine commandments, so I break the tenth one. That's good enough. Nine out of ten is past mark. By world standards, maybe. Not by God's standards. Not by God's standards. So it's not enough that you compare. So, well, there's somebody who do, he doesn't even keep two of the commands. I keep seven. I think I've done well. No, you have not done well. 
you have not done well. Because what, the, what God said directly to Joshua is, be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. You want prosperity, you want success, honor the word of God. Again, Moses told the people, in counseling the people, telling them exactly how to live when they got into the promised land, in Deuteronomy chapter 6, from verse 6 to 9, Moses said, these commandments that I give you today are to be upon your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. You know what? He's saying to them, don't even, don't turn to the right or to the left from the word of God. Honor the word of God in every way. Don't live without the word of God. Hold on to the word of God as to dear life. Because in fact, indeed, it is a fact. The word of God is life. The word of God gives life. You will find that everything that is puzzling you, all the prosperity you want, all the depression you're suffering, only the word of God can give you comfort and healing. God is willing. He's willing to bless his children. But we need to be able to do what God says we should do. We have to live in obedience. It is not enough. Just walking around and claiming it and naming it as you've been told to. You can claim and name all the days of your life. If you do not honor the word of God, God will not honor your word. That's just the way it is. It's a fair exchange. More than fair exchange. And that's what James says in chapter 1 of, of James. verse twenty, From verse 22 there. James says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like a man who looks at his face in a mirror and looking at... And, and, after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But the man who looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues to do this, not forgetting what he has heard, but doing it, he will be blessed in what he does. You want to be blessed by God? Honor the word of God. Look intently into the word of God. Make it a daily thing to study scripture because you know what? Your very life depends on it. It's not enough that I promise you miracles and I promise you breakthroughs. I don't anyway as a person, as a minister. That's one thing I never promise anyone because I'm sorry, it's not part of the gospel. But it's not enough that you run around chasing after every great big man or woman of God and looking for miracles and breakthroughs. That's not going to get you anything. You're not going to get anything out of that. You cannot use God. Honor the word of God. The word of God is perfect. It is the guide for life. That is the word that brings light onto the darkened parts of life. God's word is there for you and I. And you know what? His word is unchanging. Timeless. Always there. Always for us. It's up to you. Choose life or death. There is life in the word of God. I'll leave it there for today. My name is Sarah Jolai Manon. I'm the minister of Living Word Church. You may contact me by email on livingwordchurch at btinternet.com. Until the next time, may the Lord richly bless you.